You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Turn with me to James chapter 5, verse 7 through 8. How about bringing up the house lights for me for a second? I want to I ask a question here this morning. Now that everybody's seated, if you've been, we sang a song, we've seen cancer disappear. If you've been through uh, the storm, the battle of cancer, and you made it through, stand to your feet this morning, would you? Uh Huh? Look at that, would you? Huh? Hallelujah! Oh, we think that, Herbie? Glenn? Right on around the room. (laughs) Remain standing, remain standing. If your family at some point's been restored, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh my goodness, my goodness, look at this. My goodness, come on, bless the Lord. Remain standing. Huh? Now, if you were a prodigal, or you had a prodigal in your family return to God, stand to your feet. Huh? Come on, stand, stand. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, I'm not gonna have you stand during the reading of the word. I'm gonna sit, uh, hopefully that's all right with you this morning. Uh, I got pickled, not fickled. I got pickled on Friday, and if, if there's time, I'll tell you about it, but I, I need to be sitting down this morning. So uh, we are in our third week of the series, Farming, and if you're here today for the first time, it looks a little different on the stage. It kind of tickled me. My, my uh, friend, Mary Lambert, everybody that knows Mary, uh, whatever's on Mary's mind, she says it, and she only the way that she could say it. And she told me this morning she was in the beauty shop getting her hair done this week, and her beautician watches us on TV and said, what's up with that man of yours wearing bib overhauls on TV? And Mary said, that's his business. Uh, that's right. Don't be messing with her man, her preacher. Ain't that right, Mary? That's right. James, come on, stand with me, all right? Let's stand for the reading of the Word. I don't feel right sitting when we're reading the Word of God. If you're able, stand. Today's message is a heart, a heart for the harvest. And I pray that when you leave today, you would examine your heart. James chapter five, verse seven and eight says, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be you also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Mona, would you bless the reading of the word of God, please? Father, we come to you thankful and grateful. 
you are good. God, your power is infusing this place, and I pray that you pour out an anointing on our pastor, that you would anoint the seed that's in the ground. And God, that mm-hmm. seed is for my children. Mm-hmm. That's the prodigals that are coming home, and I'm that's not right. the only parent believing that, that's right. praying for that. God, mm-hmm. we come into agreement with your will and your timing. Mm-hmm. Your scripture said we have to establish our patience. And God, I'm waiting anxiously for each and every one of them to come home. God, open our ears that we would hear the word that the pastor has laid on his face to receive from you. God, give us understanding and wisdom that we would walk in victory. God, we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Listen up. The farmer, he must patiently wait for his crop to grow. He just cannot hurry the process. It, it, it's not going to change anything. He's got to have patience and he's got to wait for the harvest to grow. But while he's waiting, he doesn't take the summer off. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't take the summer off and hope that all will turn out well in his fields. There is much work to do to ensure that you will have a good harvest in the same way that you and I have got to wait patiently for the return of the Lord, but we can't take any time off because there is plenty of work to do. You know, I can remember back many years ago before we started the church and the Lord had called me and and I put an article in the newspaper and I still have that article that said God would grow Jewel City to some 500 plus. Well, we reached that a long time ago, but there is still harvest to be reaped and still plenty of work to do. Go ahead and give God a great hand clap and a shout of praise. This is what, Mike, can you help me out a little bit here? This is what amazes me is that God would use me to help advance his kingdom. God is is so amazing that God, the creator of all, has a desire to use you, every one of us in this building. He depends upon us to advance his kingdom. That is amazing to me. The believer of James Day, was they was very eager for the coming of the Lord. They was very, uh, they wasn't very patient. They lived in a difficult, a very difficult and desperate time. And their hopes were fixed upon the Lord's uh, sudden appearing. So the people were so impatient that they was overlooking the purpose. They were so excited and waiting for the Lord because of the world that they was living in was messed up. They was overlooking the very important part that God was waiting for a harvest. In their impatience, they were overlooking God's purpose. Don't overlook God's purpose. Don't do it. While they were waiting for the Lord's return, God was waiting on the harvest. So James pictures God as a farmer who has put a great deal of labor into the harvest, the crop, and now he's waiting on the harvest. And I got to thinking about this. Honestly, it just kind of dropped in my spirit. When a farmer begins to prepare the ground and sow the seed and do all the work that it will take months to reap the harvest, The farmer in his mind, he has to estimate 
how much harvest he has to take to make it worth his while. To overcome the cost of the material and all of the work. And I got to thinking how much harvest, how many souls has to be reaped to offset the cost that Jesus died on a cross. If it would have only been one, he would have done it. But there's not only one, there's multitudes. So I can't tell you when the Lord's coming back. The Lord doesn't know when he's coming back. Only the Father knows when there's a harvest enough to cover the cost, the ultimate cost of Christ. If you're thankful that he paid the price, put your hands together and bless the Lord. So the Lord intends for the gospel to be preached to all the world so the harvest might be gathered. Where is your world? When we hear that, we think about other countries. What about your world? What about where you work? What about where your children play sports? What about in your favorite restaurant? That's your world, do you hear me? In Matthew's gospel, Jesus sets the timetable of his return, I love this, by the preaching of the gospel. In Matthew chapter 24 and 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, listen to this, and then shall the end come. He says, I'm coming when you preach the word, the word to the world. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus said that before he returns, the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom is the message of salvation. He said, I'm coming back when you preach uh, the message of salvation to all the world. I'm not the only preacher in the house. Every believer that is born again and blocked by the blood of Jesus is a preacher of the world. Preach the word, God give. Oh, God help me. Woo! Somebody left the other day and said, whatever happened to your, woo! I guess I haven't been, woo, and enough. This was the disciples' mission, and it's our mission. It is not just mine or the leaders, it's every one of us, our mission. Listen to me this morning. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, somebody say all, all. should come to repentance. God may have seemed slow to these believers as they were being persecuted. But God is not slow, God's just not on our timetable. Second Peter three and eight says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be so ignorant. 
Look at your other neighbor, the one that just got his feathers ruffled. <laughs> Say, hey, neighbor, don't be so ignorant. Let me back up. <laughs> but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Jesus is waiting so that more sinners will repent and turn to him. And maybe you're here this morning for the first time and you just felt like I called you a sinner. Can I tell you something? We are all sinners. Saved by the blood of Jesus. Hopefully we're all saved. The Bible said we are all sinners, but the Bible all says, as such as some of you were washed. And I've been washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And there's no other way to come to Jesus unless you come through the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. That's what the Bible said. If you're thankful that your sins have been washed away, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. There's something I pray that you leave with today, and that is the passion. The passion that God has for the harvest. The intense interest of God in the fullness of the hardness of the harvest is revealed in James chapter five, verse seven, in just a couple words. He says, waiteth, I wait. And then he says, for the precious fruit, that ought to give you a sense of God's heart, how he's so passionate for the lost. He said, I don't mind waiting because what I'm about to receive is precious. That's more souls added to the kingdom. And I got to thinking about this this morning, 29 years we just celebrated and started in 94 with 23 people. But before even that, Jewel City Quartet sang for about 10 years and almost everywhere we went, people were saved. And same with here almost every Sunday. If you was here last Sunday, you heard the man top of his voice asking God to come into his heart. If that didn't stir you, then your wood is wet. People say, how did all this happen? I'll tell you, since you asked me how it happened, because there's passion for the lost. And as long as souls are being saved, God will finance the agenda. And you can look across the nation and churches are drying up all across the nation because there's no passion for the lost. Where God shows up and preaching of uh, repentance and conviction and souls are being saved, the doors will not close and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Give God a shout of praise. My, 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 Jesus made the will of his Father very clear for us in this verse. In John chapter four, verse 35, he said, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. He says, now, 
Don't let Jesus find you making excuses why you are not a part of somebody coming to Christ. You say, well, I'm not able. No, you're not, but God is. Well, that's just not me. Well, just you don't live in you no more if you've come to know Jesus. Said The Bible said the Holy Spirit, which is greater, lives inside of you. And it will give you the boldness huh, and the courage to be able to witness to somebody. And you can witness to them by taking them something to eat. You don't have to beat them black and blue with the B-I-B-L-E. I just feel like fighting this morning. <laughs> look around. That's all you gotta do is look. You will find people ready to hear God's word. I'm telling you the fact. It's the truth. You just gotta lift up your eyes. The time of the harvest is now. Now. And the Lord's heart is all about the harvest. The Bible said there's great rejoicing in heaven. When one comes to know the Lord, there's great rejoicing in heaven. Jesus declared, listen to this in Matthew chapter nine, verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Uh-oh, but the laborers are few. I'm gonna ask you a question. How many people are you responsible for that you have brought to Christ? How many? Probably not gonna take a long time to count it. Even if you can't personally, I don't like that word, can't. You don't want, I tell my kids the definition of can't is, I don't want to, okay? Even if you don't personally bring somebody in a one-on-one to salvation, you can bring them to church where you know your preacher is gonna talk about Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, ouch, that hurts. He said, but the laborers are few. You know what? You know what I can say right now? I didn't write this. I'm just the mailman. I'm the one delivering it. Do you hear me? In verse 38 says, pray. Somebody say pray. pray. Say it like you've prayed before. Pray. pray. Ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus looked at these great crowds that was following him and he referred to them as a field that was ripe for the harvest. Many people are ready to give their lives to Christ if somebody would show them how. If somebody would tell them. I got people that comes here for the first time and when they get ready to leave, they say, we can't believe you use scripture. And I look at them and say, I can't believe somebody doesn't use scripture. And then they say, we can't believe you gave a salvation invitation. Why in the world would you go out into the middle of the harvest field and never reap the harvest? God forbid any man or woman standing behind the pulpit stands before God at the end of their journey and have to explain why they did not give a salvation invitation because that's the most important part of the service. Woo! Oh, my, 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 my. Often we pray 
He says right here, he said, then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore. Oftentimes, this is gonna be a shock to you, but when you pray, God will use you. Most people pray and they call me and they say, God told me to tell you. And I said, last time I heard, God didn't tell me, he told you. Call me, tell me, go here, go there. God needs you to go, huh? That may be true occasional, but all the time, no. God tells you, don't tell me. Tell God, here I go. Boy, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's half nuts. But I'm screwed to the right boat. Jesus, give me man. I'm on page three and I got 23 more to go. No, I don't. Can you not feel by the scripture that I've read this morning, the passion of God's heart? Can you not feel that? You can sense the same compassion of God for the lost men and women in the three parables of Jesus in Luke chapter 15. And it's just for reference, he speaks about the lost sheep, he speaks about the lost coin and the lost son. The three convey one message, one. Lost people matter to God. Lost. What matters to God is not rich people, not black people, not white people, not anything. Lost people. You say, well, I'm a good person. I got a friend of mine every time I go to witness to him, he tells me, but Robert, I, I'm a good person. And every time I tell him, good people die and go to hell. The only people that live forever is the people that come to Jesus Christ in repentance. So if you're here today and you're a good person, you're a good father, you're a good mother, you're a good student, whatever, you pay your taxes, you work hard, if you do not humble yourself before God and ask God to forgive you of your sins, you will die and you will go to hell. Do you hear me? I don't want to make, I don't want you leaving confused about that. The lifeblood of the church is conversion, conversion. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wept. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. How long has it been since you wept over your lost son or your lost daughter or your lost coworker or your lost spouse? My brother went to be with the Lord just a few years back and my mom wept over his soul for 40 plus 50 years, wept. And Jesus answered my mom's prayer and the prodigal came home in my family. One of the prodigals, the other one sitting right here. My sister's been saved at the foot of the cross since the day she was born. No, I really wouldn't amen that right there. <laughs> Listen to me, we need a heart. If you hear nothing else today, these farming clothes are getting hot, you know that? 
We need a heart broken. We need a heart that is broken like Paul's heart was for his fellow Jews. Listen to what he said in Romans chapter nine, verse two and three. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Paul expressed concern for his Jewish kinsmen by saying he would willingly take their punishment if he could, if it would save them. I can't take your punishment. You can't take your loved one's punishment. It's already been taken by Christ Jesus. Paul showed us a rare depth of love like Jesus had for each one of us. How concerned are you for the lost in your family? How many ladies in this room, you're here this morning and your husband is lost and they're at home? How many men may be in this place today and your spouse is lost and home? How many parents are here today and your child doesn't know Jesus and we'll meet them for lunch and we don't talk to them about it because it's difficult. Hardest thing to do is to talk to the ones close to you. But if death knocks on their door, you'll live with that the rest of your life, that being sorry that you didn't talk to them. How long has it been since your heart's been broken? This was not my plan, what I'm doing 29 years ago. This was not my plan. Honestly, it wasn't. I remember driving that old bus on a Friday night into a church parking lot and God began giving me a vision of building a church. And I was like, that ain't happening. I like what I'm doing. And on Saturday night at a different church, the Lord took me to my face, not my knees. I laid straight down and wept. And God called me and I was obedient to the call. And this is what I was thinking about in my office this morning. If I hadn't been obedient, how many lives would it have affected? I'm not bragging on me, but thousands. If you're not obedient, the very person that you share Christ with could replace me someday, could replace the Billy Graham, could be the great next evangelist, could be the one that leads their whole team in high school to Christ. How long has it been? Acts chapter two, verse 17 and 18, listen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. 
In the scripture, it said in the last days. The last days began when Jesus Christ came to earth. And the last days will be over when he returns to earth. You understand that? The last days include the great outpouring of God's spirit. The word pour means to pour out, to shed forth. It means to give his spirit to dwell in the believer, to abide in the believer forever, and to abundantly fill and to overflow. Some of us aren't even filled, let alone abundantly, and then the next step is overflow. I'm expecting, same preacher talk, this is my prayer. I like to see you start handing out life jackets when you come in the foyer. Cause the river, the spirit of God, the rain pouring down way out a little bit deeper. If you'd like to see that happen, give God a hand clap of praise, then do something about it. The spirit of God is available to all of us, to all. Do you want it? That's what I thought. Do you want it? Do you want it? Pitiful. Do you want it? Worship was incredible today. God was all over this place. And I looked around for a reason. Looked like a bunch of Barney Foss. I'm talking to the men in the house. Because you got too much pride, men. You don't think a man can take his hands out of his pocket and lift them to heaven. But I'm telling you, a real man that's been born again, look what the Lord has done for me and my family. We'll get his hands out of his pocket. We'll get his hands in the air and bless God. When the men, when the men stand up and maximize their manhood. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, you'll see something happen. I say, we got any men? I'm gonna keep on. We got any men? We got any men? You bunch of sissies? Got any men? You know how to stand up, you ought to get up. Get up. Get up. Lift your hands, it's not that hard. Come on. Lift your hands. Oh, man. Sit down, you bunch of sissies. I didn't see that coming. That wasn't on my notes. Brother Mike wasn't sitting down. He said, I ain't no sissy. Listen to me. The Spirit of God is available to all of us. Movement brings the miracle in anything. If I walked out here on Sunday morning, well, the Lord is good. Let everything have breath. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, the goodness of the mercy chases me down. The goodness and the mercies of God, they're running over top of me. Unbelievable. We got the greatest the greatest message on the planet. And we, we need to act like it. Amen. Look what the Lord has done for me. We shouldn't have to sing that song to get you cranked up. You ought to get up in the morning and realize God has fed you again. God has put a roof over your head again. You are a part of the harvest. Can you imagine? You are a part of the cost that was paid on the cross. I'll give God a hand clap and a shout of praise.
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need to rain. Look at your other neighbor who looks really dry right now. I mean dry. Say, neighbor, you need a flood. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind down, I promise. It's still early. Zechariah 10 and one, listen to this. Ask ye, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone's grass in the field, everyone. He said, ye ask. Prayer is necessary. Take that microphone to Miss Mary right there. Mary, I want you to pray for the rain to fall on the field of labors right now. The labors. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we praise you and worship you today, God. Oh, Father, how I thank you for this word today. And I do pray for the rain, Lord, the latter rain, oh God, I pray. I pray, Father, that it will flood this place. Mm -hmm. Lord God, that there not be a dry spot or a dry bone in this house, I pray. I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost, God, Mm -hmm. would saturate this place and each and every individual, Lord, God, that we get on our feet and praise God for all that he has done Mm -hmm. and magnify you and glorify you for you are worthy. You are great. Yes, My yes. God, how great you are today. Right. Lord, we need to bless you, oh God. Yes. We need to praise you and That's we right. need to worship you and thank you. I'm expecting God for a flood, mm-hmm. a flood of the Holy Ghost Amen. to saturate this That's place right. from the front of the church to the back, oh yes, God. God. From the youngest to the send oldest, the I pray, Lord. Father, send the rain, the latter rain, oh God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Bring that microphone to Pastor Rita. Rita, I want you to pray that the rain would fall on our communities and all of our churches. Send the rain, Lord. Father, I just agree with my sister Mary and with my pastor. And I see clouds in the sky, mm-hmm. even through the sides of a man hand. Mm-hmm. And Father, it's going to rain, and it's going to rain in Shinston. Right. It's going to rain in Meadowbrook. It's going to rain in our communities. And the old timers used to sing a song, there's power in the rain. That's right. There's healing in the rain, salvation in the rain, mm-hmm. Holy Ghost in the rain. So let it rain. Bring out the life jackets. Bring out the umbrellas. Let there be a deliverance. Let the flood just fill this place, Lord, and let touch everyone, even the one that don't want it to rain. Rain on them the hardest. (laughs) Father, I pray that every child, everyone is touched by this latter rain. Mm -hmm. And Father, just let us stand with our hands toward the heaven and let us get soaked from our hair to our feet, Lord. Mm -hmm. Bring down the rain, send down the rain, Lord, and let them come from miles around. If nothing else, just to watch the rain fall, mm-hmm. Father, and let it fall on everyone, and we will give you the honor and you the glory. Yes, God. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. I see the rain coming. Amen. I hear the thunder roaring. Mm-hmm. The clouds are about to just bring down the rain, and I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's all stand and give God a hand clap of praise. Can we do that? Come on, stand with me.
Come on, somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on, put your hand 30 seconds. Talk to the Lord. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain, Lord. The Bible says, if we will pray, if we will pray, if we will pray for the Lord of the harvest, he has promised to answer. In verse one, it said, the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain. I'm challenging our church to pray that God would send the rain. I'm challenging every member in here to go out and share Jesus with somebody. We've got a promise of the Lord's return in James 5 and 8. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Peter declared in 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10, for the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but also the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Paul described this event, 1 Thessalonians chapter four. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. You quiet people that don't like it, you better get used to it, because it's gonna rock, you hear me? With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a harvest that it will be. From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, the Lord will gather his redeemed saints. And those that are in the grave will get up and shake off the grave clothes. Ha! And they will meet us that are remaining alive. I'm, I'm praying I'm in that number. I don't want to go by the grave. I want to go by the sky. Can you imagine walking down the road and all of a sudden you feel gravity losing its hold on you? I kind of feel like when I come out of the swimming pool over there working out at, at, at the bridge, I, 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 I come up them steps and I get to the top step and man, I feel like I can float. And it's about 30 seconds later, I realize I'm still fat and I'm not floating. <laughs> You liked that, didn't you, Carrie, huh? You'll be walking down the road one day or sitting in the kitchen and all of a sudden gravity has no hold on you no longer. And there you go. And all of a sudden you look back and there comes mom and dad and aunts and uncles and kids shaking off the grave clothes and the dirt from the ground. And there you are in the clouds of the sky and there's the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And forever and ever we go. My goodness. Then you get to, in the presence of God and they're not angels, they're men and women who have been through great tribulation and they all stand in the presence of God. And this is what Revelations 5 says. And they sung a new song. Saying, thou art worthy to take the book and open up the seals thereof. Why is he worthy? Because he was the one slaying. Huh? For thou was slaying and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? People from every nation will be praising God. It's not a place for one culture, one nation, one collar. It's for all. What a harvest that'll be. Are you in that harvest? 
Have you humbled yourself? Have you prayed and asked Christ to forgive you of your sins? Do you know, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if death knocked on your door today, heaven would be your home? I was reading an article last week where five young people between age 18 and 23 from a Bible college was in a van coming back from a retreat. Some drunk driver was on the interstate going down the wrong road, the wrong way. Hit him head on. And took all five of their lives. But the enemy couldn't take their soul because they were born again Christians. Young people don't think for a second you'll live forever because none of us, none know what tomorrow will bring. So if you're ready to be harvested, who in your circle, who in your world, who do you love dearly? I ask you to pray over them this week and ask God to open the door to sit down and talk to them point blank about their soul. So there's no wonder the Lord is waiting because there's still work to be done. And there's people in my world and there's people here today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just be in an attitude of prayer, church. If you're here this morning and you've not prayed and asked Christ, you've not felt the Spirit of the Lord convict you, would you open up your heart today and let Christ come into your heart? Right where you're at, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to embarrass you, whatever age you may be. If you're old enough to know right from wrong, then you're old enough to answer the call of Christ. If you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, the one that paid such a price for your harvest, for your soul, slip your hand up quickly, high. Wow, I see your hand, ma'am. Somebody else, I see your hand, sir. Somebody else, I see your hand. Somebody else, I see that hand. Hold your hands high. I see your hand, ma'am. Hold your hands high where I can see. I see your hand there in the middle. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. I see that. I see that hand. Somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Listen to me. Every head up and every eye open. The first message of this series I left and uh, somebody sent me a message said hey I hope you wasn't discouraged you know we didn't see a lot of results but I had gotten a lot of results uh, over the following week or so people said how conviction touched our hearts and they made things right with God and made things right with each other so what I'm trying to say is maybe you didn't raise your hand here today but you can still open your heart you can still pray. Some people don't like the way I give invitations, but that's okay. God knows your heart. I'd prefer everyone step out and walk to an altar. It's nothing to be ashamed of. So if you raise your hand today, I want you to take the person that you came with by the hand beside of you right now. Grab their hand, squeeze it tight. 
you're making a public confession that you're about to ask Christ into your life. And pray this out loud and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Your heart. Not out of emotions. Not God, I'm in trouble. God, I need a financial miracle. No. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my shortcomings. You pray that. Pray after me, Lord Jesus. Today, my heart has been plowed open by your word and I receive it on good soil and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Lord, I'm sorry and from this day forward, I love you and help me to grow. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Listen, before we close, hold on a second. If you prayed that prayer, it is not the ending. It is only the beginning. And everything's not gonna change overnight. But if you have a desire, if you have a desire to learn, to read, pick up a Bible, we're gonna give you one before you leave, turn to the book of John, Call me, call any of our staff, get in a small life group, come to the women's meeting, come to the men. That's showing that you want to learn and you want to change. I'm telling you, there's a great outpouring coming to this house, to this house. Everyone in the house, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 